Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. Through this podcast, we hope to challenge and equip you to take your next step in your relationship with Jesus and in living and loving like Him. In this series called By Design, Pastor Matt Smith acknowledges the longtime struggle to maintain healthy relationships and encourages us to examine God's original design for the way we see and live in relation to one another. Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Yeah, let's give him some praise this morning. I'm grateful. Uh, I know that a lot of people decided to cancel church today, and, and uh, I just, I needed to be here this morning. Uh, thank you. Can I just, let me just give a shout out, too, to our parking team out there in rain suits and umbrellas and all that stuff. And, uh, we encourage you to be safe, man, as you go home, as you could face some, some standing water uh, as you head home and just praying that God, you know, it's, it's weird. Uh, the very first weekend we had gatherings in this building, all that week we had the threat of an ice storm. They were calling for freezing rain and all that kind of stuff. The weekend we moved in this building and, and we just decided we would push through and, and God would do it. And then it's, it's interesting that the weekend that, that we're launching uh, our Monday night experience, we're facing old, old flow. Uh, and we're excited about tomorrow night. You know, just, just so you're clear, like we're doing an exact identical experience to what you're going to get right now tomorrow night. So, like, if, if, if you've experienced church and, and, and you don't want to come tomorrow night, we totally get that. Tomorrow night is for people that, that can't be here this morning. Now, if you want to volunteer, please stop by Next Steps on the way out because we could use you. Um, but we want to reach people in, in, a, in a new way. And so just be, please be in prayer for that. Uh, tomorrow night. Um, I got to be honest, man, all weekend uh, I've struggled with where I felt like God wanted us to go in today's message. Uh, we had a series planned uh, on, on really on marriage and, and relationships, and it was going to be called Uncommon because back in the spring we did a marriage conference called Uncommon, and we're hoping to bring that back again this spring where we just take a few days and we have a great team that puts together this awesome conference to help strengthen your marriage. Uh, and then uh, this week it just shifted. And so it's not called uncommon, as you can see, I hope. Uh, but even today, even this morning, like, I'm struggling with, with how to take this message. So can you just pray for me um, at this morning? Because this is what I want to do. I know God wants me to preach the word uh, because I'm a preacher. If we're getting together, I'm preaching. Come on. I mean, that's just... Uh, but today, I, I really feel, I don't really know where, what God wants to do with what he's put on my heart. I know, I know very clearly the scriptures he's put on my heart. I know very clearly that he, that he led me into, into the place that we're going to dive in today. And, and we're going to start at the beginning. So if you've got a Bible, go to Genesis. Because that's where we're going to land today. Now, now how this is going to go, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if it's going to make sense, I don't know that either, but I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. You didn't come to hear words from my mouth. You came to hear words from his heart. Uh, because, see, this is, I think even now, even as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, like, we, the difficulty of life is on full display this weekend. The difficulty of life is on full display this weekend. And like, it didn't just, it didn't take this weekend for that to happen. Like, constantly over the last several weeks, I've been bombarded with stories of brokenness and pain. 
And like obviously whenever, whenever something of this magnitude happens and people go through difficult times, I know we ask that same question. And if you've never asked this question, like, like you need to tell us your secret. But I hear this all the time, Matt, why is life so hard? Why are things so difficult? And it's not like, like one part of life is hard. It seems as if all of life is hard. Come on, can somebody testify? Like, you know, I hear all the time, you know, going back, we plan to talk about marriage. I hear people talk about all the time, like, why is marriage so hard? And marriage is difficult. Marriage is hard. But you know what? Relationships are hard. Marriage, it, that, like, the difficulty is not isolated to the relationship of marriage. All relationships are hard. You know how I know that? How many people are in your life right now that were in your life 10 years ago that aren't family? And even some of them. Have you ever noticed that your life seems to be a revolving door of people? Because people get mad and people's feelings get hurt and people get offended. And we have, as a culture, I've never seen a group of people, even in the church, we're so quick to give up on each other. We're so quick to walk away. But it seems like everything is hard. And I, and I just can't, like, the biggest thing for me as I've watched the destruction that's happened from this hurricane over the last few days is, is you know, I'm not trying to be cynical or downplay, but homes can be replaced. It, all, everything material, even, even if people have lost things that are precious to them and, and like, like memories and stuff like that, all that stuff, you know, you can, you can recover, right? Come on. But this is, my, this is what I know is going to happen throughout this. Is there's going to be people that give up on God. Whenever I hear of something difficult, and there's been a lot of things that have been happening, even in our own community lately, that are really, really difficult. And I feel like when people go through kind, the kind of difficult things that I'm watching people go through, my biggest concern is, God, don't let them give up on you. Don't let them get up on you. Because sometimes people walk through things and give up on God. And can I be honest with you? I understand. I understand. And those of you who judge people in that place, maybe you need to walk through something as difficult as they're walking through. But what I've been reminded this week, once again, is what we're experiencing was not God's design. This is not what God originally had planned for us. This that we're going through was not by design. It wasn't. The difficulty of this life that you and I are having to endure, the brothers and sisters on the coast that are enduring, the people that are in our community, in our culture, they're going, like, like God's looking down thinking, I never wanted this for you. I know that you're mad at me, but this is not what I wanted. And God just drew me back once again to, to the creation story. And I don't know what you believe, but I believe everything we see was created by God. Amen. And I, I know there's a lot, and I think even more that we just even get into science, I think science has continued. Science and God are not independent of each other. God created science. 
God does not need you to believe him in ignorance. His proof is written all over this world. I like that y'all are excited because it's rainy outside and I was wondering they're going to be dead in here and y'all already fired up and it's good. <laughs> See, go back, go back, go back. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. See, God created the heavens and the earth and he put the stars in the sky and he created the animals. And, he, and you know what? You can, you can debate all this kind of stuff. Well, can God do that in seven days? I think God could have done it in seven minutes. Right. He's God. We argue about stuff that really ain't important. I mean, a day is like a thousand years, a thousand years is like a day. If God wanted to snap his fingers and in seven seconds create this earth, he could have done it. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our, mankind in our image and our likeness, so, they made, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky, all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. Verse 31, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. See, in the beginning it was good. Like that's the best word that we could describe it. It was good. I know you look around the world. You've spent the last three days with the Weather Channel on 24-7 today to watch reporters going, it's getting crazy out here. <laughs> but in the beginning, it was good. That his original design, the only way to describe it was good. And God wasn't finished. Look at verse, go on and skip over to chapter 2, verse 15. Then the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. And now some people really get frustrated, like, why did God do this? And I'm, I'm not a theologian, I'm a preacher. Maybe some of y'all think those are the same things, I don't know. But in that moment, what God did is he gave us the power to choose him. Because, see, God desires a sincere, authentic love relationship with every human on this planet. And sincere and authentic love is never forced. It's always chosen. God loved you so much and he wanted you so deeply to love him back sincerely. Not because, think, think about like if, 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 if everything on earth was an arranged marriage where it was all forced on everybody. And God said, I love you so much, and I want you to love me so much, I'm not going to force myself on you. I'm going to give you the opportunity to choose me because I want to live in perfect, sincere, authentic intimacy with you. And to do that, you have to make a choice. Are you with me? Am I making sense? Say amen. Like, that's why God did that. If you've ever wondered, like, why did, why did God allow this to happen? Like, 
Because he wants so desperately to have a relationship with you. And he wants that relationship to be real and sincere and authentic. Look at verse 18, chapter 2. Then the Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. The first thing, the first time we see God say, it's not good, was when he noticed the loneliness of Adam. Because see, a part of his original design was we were built to need each other as well. God has designed us to live in community. Humanity is not meant to live in isolation. You with me? Come on. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. There was not a suitable helper. There wasn't, there wasn't anything that was yet created that would give man the earthly relationship that he needed. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, and then he closed up the flesh, the, pl the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. Then the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. So he called her, whoa, man. <laughs> For she was taken out of man. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Do you notice that, that a part of God's original design, first of all, the vertical relationship, the relationship between us and him was unbroken. It was perfect. We were united with our creator in harmony and peace. And he said, you know what? What the land is going to do is you, I'm going to give you the, the freedom to work in. And it's going to produce for, for you everything you need to sustain this life that I desire for you. But what you're going to need is you're, you're not going to be able to do this by yourself. And, and my relationship with you is important. But you know what? You need, you need a helper. And the very first person, that re, very first relationship that existed on this earth was marriage. God did not make Adam an acquaintance. God did not make Adam a servant. God made Adam a wife. And from the beginning, God's design was this relationship between man and woman and between husband and wife be this mutually beneficial relationship where the two were able to function better as a, a unit than they would be individually by themselves. And I know everything I'm saying is hard for you to hear because, because you, that's not your experience. Because you didn't get to live in this space of the original design. We all live on the other side of that. Because see, the reality is this design, by design, God made, by design, God made it easy for us. Do you see that? Number one, he gave us one thing to stay away from. One! And we had perfect community with him. Like there was nothing that separated us. And there was perfect Unity between that first couple, that first marriage, didn't have arguments. 
And I didn't have to battle all the things that, that, that now we see that we have to battle in order just to stay married. But unfortunately, the design was disrupted. The design was disrupted. God had this perfect, beautiful design for us called humanity, but it was short-lived. Because see, you know the story, right? The enemy took over a snake, of course. What other creature would he take? That's the most appropriate one I can think of other than a spider. Amen. And one day while Adam and Eve are out in the garden enjoying this perfect relationship, he begins to, to do what he does. Lie to them. Hey, you want some of this fruit from this tree? No, that we're not, that's, that's the tree that we're not supposed to eat from. Oh, it's no big deal. You can eat from it. No, God said specifically that if we ate from that tree, we would die. Surely not. Surely you can do this and it won't be a big deal. Surely you can. And eventually, they buy the lies. And they make a decision that disrupted the design from that point on. And you do realize, like, the same tricks Satan had back then are the same ones he still uses. Centuries later, and the dude's game ain't no different than it was then. Surely, I, I know that your preacher said the Bible says this, but that, that's not for you. That's antiquated. That's old school. This is 2018. Loosen up a little bit. I know that you think there will be really bad consequences, but no, like that's, that's not going to be. Like that's the same stupid lies he continues to tell us now. You think he'd get a new approach, but he hasn't. But just like then, now, when we make a decision to step outside of God's design, his design will be disrupted and there will be consequences. Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. It says, In the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. See, automatically, like the intimacy, the pure intimacy between Adam and Eve was already severed. Like all of a sudden, their eyes were opened, and, and what they saw in each other shifted, and it changed, and it got distorted. How man looked at woman and how woman looked at man from now on would be, would be different. It would be disrupted, and it starts with how we see each other. See, that's when things, relationships begin to change when we see each other in ways that God did not intend us to see each other. Amen. The perspective that you have on why your wife or your husband or your friend or your kids exist will greatly determine the way you approach your relationships. We're going to talk about that more next week, I think. <laughs> Verse 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. Like something happened so bad now. Like they, they felt like they could and needed to hide from God. God had never given them a reason to hide from him. 
God had provided everything for them. Had made, like he had never been, been harsh. But now that, there, that this disruption has occurred, when they hear God move, their natural instinct is to run the other direction. Anybody else think that's still alive in our culture as well? That we're, like when God begins to move, some people are so afraid to give God their lives because they, they don't understand who he is. We talked about that several weeks ago. Their natural inclination is to run and to hide. But hide and go seek with God ain't a good idea. Genesis chapter 3, look at verse 9. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. See, the moment that that decision was made, God's design was disrupted, and the fallout was immediate. Immediate. Look what he says. And, and, and God says, basically, you know, what have, what, have, what have you done? What have you done? Now everything's going to be different. My design was perfect. It was powerful. It was intentional. Like everything that I had done was with you in mind. And see, in God's design, you really see God's desire. You see that? In God's design, you see that his desire is for you and him to have an authentic, sincere love relationship. You with me? Say amen. In his design, he had intended that man and woman, husband and wife, live together in that perfect harmony and, and, and unity. That was part of his design. But now it's been disrupted. And, and when, whenever you don't see God's design, it's because of this. It's because the design has been disrupted. Divorce is a reality because the design got disrupted. Natural disasters are a reality because the design got disrupted. The difficulty in whatever form that you experience exists because the design has been disrupted. God said, Genesis 3, here's going to be the consequences. This is going to be the disruption. This is going to be the result of the disruption of my design. So the Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. To the woman he said, I will make your pains and childbirth childbearing very severe with painful labor you will give birth to children your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you to Adam he said because you listened to your wife and you ate the fruit of the tree which uh, about which I commanded you you must not eat from it cursed is the ground because of you through painful toil you will eat food from all the days of eat from it all the days of your life it will produce thorns and thistles for you and you will eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken for dust you are and to dust you will return ultimately this is what God is saying is difficulty just got increased as a result of sin as a result of this 
from now on, the difficulty is going to be increased. So you want the answer to the question, why is life so difficult? There it is. Because the design has been disrupted. But what you need to really recognize is that it was the disobedience that disrupted the design. And whenever we are not experiencing God's design, it's because we've been disobedient. Am I making any sense? I know this ain't a fun message to hear, but it's one you, need, you and I need to just have. Disobedience disrupted the design. And whenever the design is not being experienced, you can ultimately trace it back to disobedience. Whether your disobedience or the disobedience of somebody else. See, just like Adam and Eve's disobedience had a ripple effect for us, our disobedience have a, has a ripple effect for other people. Disobedience is never isolated to the one committing the act. If you've been around vintage, you hear I say this word a lot. There is sin shrapnel. That whenever you're disobedient to God, things explode out of your life. And it hits the people that you love and the people that you care about. And it impacts their lives. And now the answer to the question, why are things so difficult? Is because disobedience has disrupted the design and the disruption has increased the difficulty. Some of you are going to think this is too simplistic. Or some of you may disagree. But I firmly believe, from what I see in Scripture, that all the pain and all the hurt and all the difficulty in our world is ultimately always traced back to sin. In some form or fashion. And if maybe you're not experiencing God's design in some areas of your life, maybe if you look at your marriage and you wonder why, why are we not experiencing what God desired for us? Maybe because the design has been disrupted by your disobedience. Can I be really honest with you? I've rarely seen a marriage end in divorce that it wasn't because of disobedience in some form or fashion. Rarely. I've seen a lot, you know what? I've seen a lot of marriages, not because the disobedience happened in the marriage, but it happened before the marriage and it bled into the marriage. Because disobedience lingers. And if you are in this difficult place, can I get you to ask a really hard question? Am I, where am I being disobedient, God? I'm not experiencing your design in so many arenas of my life. Where am I being disobedient? Where am I allowing myself to step off the path that you desire for me? See, here, here's some good news. The design has been disrupted but it has not been destroyed. The design has been disrupted, but it has not been destroyed. The design has been disrupted, but it has not been destroyed. That the design is still possible because God set a plan in motion from the beginning to do what only he could do in order to restore the design that he had from the beginning. And someday we will see it in full and in completion. It has been disrupted, 
but it has not been destroyed. In that moment, it was messed up, it was disrupted, but it was not forever lost. Because God saw our state and he saw our, 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 our place. He saw the disruption. And he saw the increased difficulty. And he looked down at us and he said, I love them too much for them to forever stay that way. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take on flesh and I'm going to come to earth. And I'm going to be the sacrifice that's necessary to bring the design back to what I intended it to be. And the moment that Jesus stepped into this planet, that plan began in a new way. And the moment he went to the cross and shed his blood, the sin that created the disruption now had a plan to be deleted from this planet. And when he walked out of the grave, the death that was a direct result of the disruption now no longer had to be. Romans chapter 5, verse 19. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the disobedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. See, the design was disrupted, but it was not destroyed. And the first thing that you need to do to start stepping back towards God's design for your life is to accept what Jesus has done to rescue you from the disruption. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes with me? See, the beautiful thing about our God is that He didn't give up on us. Someday He'll restore this planet completely back to his original design when Jesus comes again and makes everything right permanently forever. But in the meantime, the best chance that you have to start experiencing the glimpses of God's original design is to allow Jesus to be who he came here to be See, Jesus was a big part of God's redemptive plan, the biggest part of his redemptive plan when he made the sacrifice necessary to begin to right what we made wrong. And now accepting Jesus today is not going to immediately fix all your problems. You're not going to walk out of this room and life not be difficult anymore. See, what Jesus does is he gives you the strength and the peace necessary to endure the difficulty that this life is going to continue to give until the disruption is finally restored. Accepting Jesus isn't going to mean that your marriage is going to automatically be fixed. It doesn't mean that the relationships are going to automatically just be easy. It doesn't mean that you're never going to go through anything difficult again, but it means that you're going to have access to the God who can give you what you need to endure the disruptions that you're going to continue to experience. It means you're going to have strength and peace and power to endure those things and come out the other side with hope intact. So if you're here today, and maybe you need to accept Jesus for the first time or maybe just renew your relationship with Him, would you do something really brave for me? Would you just stand to your feet so I can pray for you?
we have the courage to just rise. Amen. 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 With those of you who are seated, would you join those who are standing and we prepare to worship this morning? See, the moment Jesus stepped on this planet, heaven came to earth. And the beauty and power of God was made possible in new ways. And so today, in the midst of the great reminder of the difficulty of this life, we're going to turn our attention to the one, the only one, that has what we need to endure these disruptions. Father, I pray that as we worship you right now, that your spirit would move, that you would speak, that you would allow us to know that you are real and in this room for those who stood and acknowledging you as their savior god we celebrate that and we pray that you would just continue to give them everything they need to know that you are god and that the brokenness that we experience god it was not by your design but it was a result of our disobedience but god that design was not destroyed it was only disrupted that you are calling us back and you are restoring us every moment in jesus name we pray Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. To stay connected with what's happening at Vintage, download the Vintage Church app to access sermon notes, events, devotionals, previous podcasts, and discover ways to get connected in community. We hope you join us again soon.